And we are live with audio only. I was afraid to stop him. He's, he's been going down for about five minutes. Going down. Old man. Old man. He's trying to find the perfect spot. Old man sitting down. All right, we are live on YouTube, and we are recording on YouTube. Now, stop rubbing your gums on my coffee cup. I don't want my coffee. Oh, I want my coffee to, t- to taste like cat. And we are live. And let's let's welcome everyone. Let's hope. Let's pray that the ring light holds out for longer. Oh God, what are we doing? There's already cats going nuts. Happy Easter, everybody. It is I, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, joined as always by the original angry nerd girl herself, L. Lestrange, L. Wearing her special Easter edition shirt. What? Okay. What? Yeah. Is, it, is it wrong? Yeah. You want to show the world your special edition Easter shirt? Nope. It's an old joke. It's an old joke. <laughs> you like old jokes? So. <laughs> it's Easter, as you can tell. Uh, I I don't have a special edition Easter shirt, so I just went with something that matched L. Strange. But I'm not going to lie to you. A little weird. Because it's a workout shirt. It's an exercise shirt. Yeah. And I don't like just wearing exercise shirts just to sit around. Are they comfortable though? They're very comfortable, yeah. Then what's the problem? I don't know. It's it's Am a, I gonna judge are you worried that the cats are gonna judge you? The cats are always judging me, so that's neither here nor there. Well that was my next point. And is, you right. can't get around it. <laughs> so Elle and I have already just already started our Easter holiday extravaganza movie marathon mm-hmm. with last night's viewing of Rotten Tail. From the Source Point Press uh, graphic novel of the same name, which we now have to buy. Uh, it is very Easter-esque. It is very rabbit-based. It deals with the resurrection, no less. And that's important because it's also, it's also a resurrection day. And that leads us to two things. First, how did you like Rotten Tail? I thought it was pretty good. Um, they really did not leave... Any joke unsaid. Every possible uh, rabbit pun. related, Easter related, Alice in Wonderland related. Yes. Uh, any any rabbit in his. I'm surprised there's no basic, Harvey references. Just basic, there probably was, and we weren't thinking of it. Yeah, yeah. Seven foot tall uh, imaginary bunnies. Well, he is a giant bunny. He is I a giant think bunny. That alone was hinting. Maybe, maybe. But yes, Rotten Tail actually for the budget of. Probably, I would say realistically, if I wanted to make a joke, <coughs> I would say the budget was probably $84 and some fries. But I think in reality, the budget for that movie was probably about $500,000. And they they did their damn best. <laughs> I think it was done amazingly well the, so, for what, for what the movie for, was yes. supposed to be. Yes. I think it was done exactly how they wanted it. I will say this. The makeup for Rotten Tail was fantastic. The actual oh, character. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it won't ruin this really anyway because you don't know the character or anything. It will still be amazing when you see it. Yeah. Uh, if you've not seen it, this will sell it. Uh, one guy gets his head completely cut off. Yes. And the guy that was in charge of saying do it uh, was just the way he was flipping out and he was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's still bleeding. It's, it's still, still bleeding. bleeding. And this was a movie it, that did not look like it had much in the way of a script. Mm-hmm. They were just like, we're just going to do this scene. And you go with you it. You go with it. Just yeah. whatever comes to mind. I feel like some of the uh, rabbit jokes and oh, things yeah. like that yeah. were def- definitely just like thrown in there. Yeah. Ro- Rotten Tail himself, the main character, is sort of, um, his personality is very uh, Heath Ledger Joker meets sort of uh, Burgess Meredith's penguin, I guess. Yeah. Because he's being very snarky and very, you know, haphazard, but he's also being very self-deprecating. Well, I think we need to back up just a little bit, just in case nobody knows. Uh, If you don't know us by now, this was a comedy horror. Comedy horror. (laughs) Which most horror movies for us are comedy horrors, even when they're not intended to be. Okay. So, I thought it was quite entertaining. I... I don't know. I mean, is there another one? Is it just that one? I think it's just that. Just I mean, that. they 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 ended it pretty succinctly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you could easily do that in horror movies and it's bring true. them back. <laughs> it's very, very true. Just because Jason is dead doesn't mean a lightning bolt can't hit him and he can't just instantly pop back up. Hmm. Now, this did lead us to an interesting conversation. Uh, it is Easter. Uh-huh. It is the resurrection uh-huh. for those who 
are of that ilk. But it led us to a good question, Lauren. Uh-huh. Who is your favorite resurrected hero? Because when you're a superhero, you will die, but also you will be reborn. Mm. You will return to us. Mm. I would have to say Donna Troy. Of course it's Donna Troy. For you, it's always Donna but Troy. But I yes. can now put Wonder Woman, like... Yeah, she's died and come back a couple times. Yeah, now. but this last time around. She I was super re- dead. Yeah, it was, it was, was a good story. She though. was in Valhalla. Yeah. She was in Other Heavens, right? She got laid in, she got laid in heaven. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna die, <laughs> you might as well get some banging in. Well, all right. All right. For yeah. me, mm-hmm. it is actually Resurrection Man. I loved Resurrection Man. This is Volume One. I loved it as a kid. When it was reproduced for the new 52, I loved that as well. The ring light is really holding strong here. You can actually see the comics now. It's amazing. I love Resurrection Man. I love that his power set is that of he can gain any superpower as long as he dies and then is returned. I love that he has been brought into the new 52. Oh, hi, buddy. I love that he is part of Task Force Z because that's the... That's the uh, blood that they use to uh, keep everyone alive, is the blood of Resurrection Man. If you've never read Resurrection Man, it is so ridiculous and over the top. It is so wonderful. One of my favorite scenes ever is he gets resurrected in the trunk of a car, and he's the guy, and he can't see anything because he's in the trunk of a car. And he goes, man, I wonder if my new superpower is I've got amazing vision. And I'll never know because I'm stuck in the trunk of this car. I loved Resurrection Man. It was so ridiculous. It was so silly. It was so absurd. Uh, it was great. Uh, but that is my favorite superhero is Resurrection Man as far as Resurrection is concerned. Now, some famous superheroes who we thought were dead mm-hmm. but have never died are actually Bruce Wayne's Batman. Bruce Wayne has never died. He has been thrown through time. It was presumed he was dead, but he's never actually died. Superman, not dead. Never dead. He was never dead. But do you know why all these characters were never dead? Why? Because Necron wouldn't let them die. And that led to Blackest Night. There we go. It all comes back to Jeff Johns and his 75 billion page run of Brightest Day, Blackest Night, No Evil Shall Escape Our Sight. Giving credence and reverence to the Green Lantern Corps. Like, that's the whole purpose. Did I ever tell you that? The whole reason why we have Blackest Night was like, well, why did the Green Lanterns say that whole poem? Well, Jeff Johns answered it. That's what the Blackest Night was, that's what they keep talking about. What is the Blackest Night? You would just assume that it was just in the blackness of night, Uh the Green Lanterns would be like, no, 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 no. Blackest Night was a thing. It was a a prediction, a premonition, that when the Blackest Night falls, the Lantern Corps will rise to victory. Huh. Very interesting. No, but (laughs) it's Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns is one of my favorite writers for one reason. He always tries to answer every nerd question of all time. What? What? Oh, no, the camera. What happened to the camera, Elle? A cat. You want to fix that for us? I've got a cat on my lap. Oh, God. down now thank you sir okay okay i think we've had enough chatter and with the camera falling off the <laughs> off the stand that seems like a good enough time as any for l why don't you get to wow what is all this this is Kaya. that's coco that is while he was laying on you his butt was up against me ah yes shall you get to your the read pile for this week yes all right let's see these it. are in no particular order because i am not sure which is... President not sure. Oh. Oh, yeah. You okay, L? Yes. Okay, first up. All right. We. Oh, wow. We're st- Wait, you didn't even let me do the intro. There's a whole intro. You can do it. You can bring it up in front of it. Not the same. 
We here at the Read Pile have three particular creators that we tend to read at least one comic book of them every single week. Sometimes it's more than one. You started off as a joke, now it's actually just sort of every day. And one of those creators is Tom King. Tom King. Tom King's Batman Catwoman number 11 of 12? Yes. Yes. <sighs> See, I was a little thrown off at first because I wasn't paying attention to how many Windows? were left yeah. and everything. Because you still have... The frame, yeah. The, that one's going to be open, and then there's that. Well, I mean, these two are both open, yeah. technically, because I don't know if they're counting the door or not. Um, so this is this week, and they're saying there's one more. So is it this that's going to open, or the doors? Well, it's an advent no. calendar, so who's to say? Yeah. But this is the penultimate. A lot of penultimate editions on this week's read pile. A lot of a lot of almost finished books. So. Oh yeah, I mean that's pretty much fine. Uh, uh, I loved this cover, by the way, when they released it on, uh, I, I started looking at it on Twitter. I think that's gorgeous. Yeah. How is it? Uh, I definitely am still intrigued, uh, but we still need to have that final, like, everything kind of come together. So the timelines still haven't joined up yet? Not really. Okay. Um, but what's even, what, what bothered me yes. in this particular issue is the fact that we are instantly introduced to um, Huntress is, or, uh, what's her name, damn it. Um, Helena. She's uh, actually protecting her mom, Selena, yeah. from Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson? Yeah, well, we found we, we, we found out that, remember, Dick Grayson, he's now, like, commissioner. Oh, okay, I forgot about that, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, I know, he he's has so many different parts in D.C. right now. It's true. There's a lot of dick all over he's, D.C. comics. He's got a lot going on. Uh, a lot going on. But, the last issue, they were fighting. Yeah. And Selena won. So, now we see her protecting her mom. Like, hiding her out. So Selena was so fighting Helena. So there's like a little Helena bit of a gets, jump yeah. from last issue to yeah, this time, issue. So I don't jump. know if we're going to go back at some point to see what kind of happened in between that little time jump. Right. Um, but it just kind of made me feel off. Like, am I missing something, you know? Well, that's a, it's, a Tom King, it's a Tom King book. You, like, you know, we make you the joke. You just got to go with the flow. Yeah, he's going to mess with time. He's going to screw with your perception of things. It's just how he does it. And with this being the second to last issue of the comic, I'm sure he's trying to really build to, you know, the shuddering, climactic ending. Yeah. I don't know. I, that was really the only thing that bothered me. Other than that, um, I feel like, you know, we answered some questions mm -hmm. that need to be answered. We do find out about uh, Andrea, a.k.a. Uh, Phantasm. Phantasm. Uh, yeah. And... Um, one of the things that's going on is that her son, um, I believe, was killed. Okay. Uh, and so um, she kind of talks about more about her adopted son mm -hmm. and like the you know the story behind all that. Yeah. And how the Joker is involved, and so it's very weird. <laughs> Intriguing. So you're like ah, so there's some big things, big, big things. things happen. But at the same time, for some reason, it felt like it was kind of quiet. I don't know. I think because I, in my in my body, in my mind, yeah. I have prepared myself for the ending. Yes. It's, because it's, th there's a couple of things I feel like are going to happen, but there's a, well, there's remember, like a 95% chance I'm wrong. <laughs> Tom King said at the very first issue, Batman's going to die, right? Yes. And they keep talking about how Batman's dead. It's, I think it's going to be a very depressing issue, next issue. I'm just watching Coco slowly this, lay this down. Is how, this is how and now he's eating our pen. Oh, look at me. I found a toy. <laughs> I'm still good. I'm still good. Lucky me. All right. What else do you have on your Coco pile? And that is, what is this, Rain? Uh -huh. This is issue four? Of five. Oh, it says to so, be concluded. This is another penultimate issue. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. It is everywhere this week. I told you. All right. Yeah, so uh, in the last issue, um, some crazy convict uh, 
you know, pulls honeysuckle away and away from um, the little boy and yes. the guy that's been helping her, and they're like on their way. Uh, but he's like, nope, you are going to drive me to Canada. Uh, you know, pulls out a gun and everything, so she has to drive. But the the way she gets out of it, she remembers something about Yolanda. They hurt life experiences that she shared with her and, okay. and, and, and everything, and how she was able to just get through a, a very difficult situation and stand up for herself and just you know walk away. Uh, and you know she used that. You, you, you know she's narrating in the story and everything, and she uses that to get out of this situation. So it was very sweet, very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but to remember her in that way instead of just being sad, you know, it was, I feel like, very healing for her okay. in a way. Um, so, uh, you know, we do find out about what happens to, uh, or what, what, you know, where is Yolanda's dad. Right. I'll tell you it's not good. <laughs> well, yeah, one would imagine if there's if it's raining needles, then bad things are going to happen. If he was already inside, he would be safe. Right. Well, I'll tell you this, um, that didn't have much to do with it. Oh, fair enough. Um, it's very messed up, uh, and the reasons why it was done this way, Yeah. and why this happened to him the way that it happened okay. to him is so, so, so fucked up. Oh, man. That's not good. Yeah. So, not an accident. Right. Um, <laughs> well, does that mean that somebody knew that the rain was coming? Uh, who knows? Okay. Have they ever, have we even, is that no longer, like, the story? The story I thought was going to be all about this, like, weird weather event where everybody died. Is that not really the story? Is that just the backdrop? It's like how Walking Dead was never really about the zombies. I think what it is is you're seeing how people are using this as right. an excuse. Right, right, right. To do what they want. Yeah, because when given the opportunity, society will just purge. It, It'll just go for a purge. Do what they want. Right. Because the reasoning why that happened is horrible. Um, but it was very, very moving. Um, I think this is actually um, the opposite of an ending that I feel like this could have been the last issue. Uh, well, a, I lot feel of, like... a lot of times the, the issue before the last issue is the last issue, and the last issue just sort of wraps things up. You you see how everything has wrapped up. They even have this like cute ending. Yeah, I saw that end. last page. It's adorable. So... What is issue I'm like, five? What is it? Yeah. What is it? That doesn't take away how great this particular issue was. Sure, I get that. Uh, but... Okay. What's left? That, that is maybe, always... Maybe it'll be one of those uh, last issues where they basically are focus... Uh, focusing. Foc- uh, <laughs> it's focusing. a focusing. 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 Uh, uh, on building up for the next story. Possible. Maybe like sure. an overlap. Maybe, maybe, maybe so... Like, like... Any, like the way any suspenseful like movie or right, show right, right. or will lead into season two. You know, we're going. Yeah, yeah. we're going to see. Well, even furthermore, there, you're going to see a point where everybody thinks everything's okay now. Right. <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I feel like this world needs to have more. The idea of this. Yeah. We, we've had so many. Uh, you know. Uh, like apocalypse, you know, situation where apocalypse. or, or ver- like a purge situation yeah. where things are just like out of whack and everything. Either it has to do, with, you know, climate, <laughs> war, whatever. And but this particular one is very interesting, involving like the weather and stuff. And I, <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it's like you can't see it because Onyx is being covered up by Coco. But Onyx has decided that he is the egg you master. You can see his ears pop up every. I am the egg master. These are my eggs. He's over here just going. Da, 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 da. My <laughs> eggs. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> All right. What else you got on your read pile, Elle? All right. Got any? Got any positive news? The last issue of All Guts No Glory. 
The last one. The last one. The last one. You like old Greg's last issue. <laughs> It's three of three. It was a pretty good run. Uh, this is what I like about Cinescope. Like those these short stories that you get. Right. I like these. These I, I know I've I've said it before. Oh, beginning eight. Uh, but I'll say it again. These are the stories I like because I'm tired of just being like pulled apart in all these different directions. Right. I just if I start, I'm going to have to get everything. I don't have the time to do that. He's he's having a good time. <laughs> These are my carrots now. These are mine. These are mine. No strength for you. I'm <laughs> uh, not pulling this out of your butt. <laughs> so we learn of Kurt Julius's origin as to when he turned into a vampire. Okay. When he turned. Right. Uh, what the situation was and everything like that. And which also leads us into why he is so obsessed um, with Sarah. Um, oh. All right. In particular. Sarah's the newest vampire. Yeah. yeah. She's the newest vampire. Part um, of this three person She technically team. has not drank yet, so... She's still human. Yes. Yes. She was only chewing on the hand. She didn't actually drink from a neck or anything. So just a they, nibble. they just specified this. They clarified just, it in this issue. It's just a nibble. <laughs> you know, she she's like, it's not like I, I actually drank any blood. I just chewed on a hand. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I I love stuff like that. Yes. You know, Cinescope does not hold back with jokes like that, and I love it. Uh, and so <laughs> this cat, uh, it, it, you know, we, we do, uh, get to see Jimmy jump into, um, you know, monster hunter mode and everything. And Jimmy's the young kid or the old guy? He, he's the young kid. So he finally like turns it on. He's, he's like, he's ready. He's ready to take control. He's, he's got a goal. He, he's ready. Uh, <laughs> and with Craig, that's the old guy. Right. He, uh, old Craig. Old Craig. Uh, <laughs> this is not, I'm, you know, this is definitely not a spoiler. You could see this a mile away. Yeah. Uh, he used to be a hunter. No! <laughs> the hell you say! So it was very cool to see him kind of take Jimmy under his belt and they, no, this, this is what you gotta do. You gotta do this, this, this. Like, he, yeah. he's training him. And yes. It, it was very cute. He had this, you know, this father figure. Yeah. And, and he helped Jimmy realize that, you know, this is really, you know, what he wants to do. We, you know, and we'll see, you know, if he, is he going to make that choice? Because that's a whole new job, new responsibility. Right, right. When you get so a promotion, you know, you get a promotion. Sometimes it's not all it's cracked up to be. I understand. Yeah. We do also in this issue find out is uh, Sarah in fact going to get cured or not, uh, and how that all plays out. Uh, but I think overall, uh, it, it was everything was pretty much answered. You know, the the, the bigger questions and stuff. Um, and it was a, it was a pretty cute. Let me, self-contained story. I like the behind the scenes, the reality. Okay, so who cleans this shit up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You but know, who takes care of I was going to ask you about that. Like, do they ever really get to resolving who cleans this shit up? Like, these are the, these are the cleanup boys, and now they're... they're supposed to. Right. But sometimes they even get into some shit. So I guess they just have to go call Team B, because we even see the monster hunters that they've uh, been battling this yes. whole time and are, like, chasing them and trying to track them down to get revenge. There's actually another team that does show up to take care of, oh, of the, this situation. <laughs> oh, by the way, I like all the uh, cameos of the kids in costumes on the cover here. Yeah. Uh, we've got a Where's Waldo, uh, a SpongeBob, a Naruto, um, a banana suit. And then, of course, my favorite part about this cover is that the guy dressed up as the paperclip from uh, Microsoft is the one who's killing the vampire. So that's, that's fun. I even love the idea that... Uh, it shows it on the cover. This most of it all goes down 
at the high school dance. Well, as, at, listen, at Halloween. As as that ha- that does because happen. That's what that happens. is what happens. That is that what happens. Is a, that is a spot on the uh, horror movie bingo card. Oh, absolutely. It, you know, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Did did it happen at, at a, a camp? Well, Were there horny teens? <laughs> yeah. Was it at was it at prom? I mean, ever since Carrie, all this shit has to go down. Yeah. Or or you know, or at Halloween themed party. Yeah, yes. Theme party. Does it have to be high school because No. Yeah. A Halloween themed party is when most because murders happen. Because people are and in you always costume get to say, and nobody everybody thinks like the, the, the giant monster that showed up is just somebody in oh, a just really cool the, costume. Listen here, Cthulhu, just because you're seventeen stories where's the where's the digital projector making you look so big? Squish. <laughs> See your zipper, <laughs> <laughs> but not your pick of the week. Maybe. 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 All right. What do you got? What's left? What's left? What is left? What's left? What's oh, left? of course, it's Wonder Woman. This is Trial of the Amazons. This is Trial of the Amazons, part five of seven. Jesus, I didn't know there were seven. So, part five of seven, Trial of the Amazonians. Yep. Wonder Girl has two parts, uh, and then I think Wonder Woman has two parts of it. I can't remember. Okay. But I know Wonder Girl has two parts. Uh, oh, yes. you know what? I think it. Is it maybe it's Nubia in those two parts? Ah, fair enough. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going with the flow. I have the list somewhere saved, but I I'm surprised they didn't put it in the comic. Like that always confuses me. Why not put the checklist? Oh, like always. Like why don't you always have it? Yeah. Automatic. <laughs> wouldn't that be? Print? Wouldn't that be a page in the comic? <laughs> That's it's trial of the Amazons. Why not have? It'd be cute. They could do like a little check. Well, they do it in tons. You know? of, that, that is very common. That happens in tons of comics where you can see the little checkbox. How is Wonder Woman? Maybe issue they're trying not to pressure people. Oh God! Yeah, that's what even though that's the whole point. Yeah. <laughs> Read all the books. Uh, Smoke. I'd, I'd like to get this book, but Smoke. I only want I only want to buy pages five through sixteen. <laughs> You're smoking yet? Um, so how was Wonder Woman Trial of the Amazons? It looks like Yara and Diana are squaring off here on the cover. Yeah, but it, it's weird because it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, I didn't even realize that. Uh, <laughs> so. Someone who famously does judge books by its cover. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so. You know, just as they are about to start the competition. Yes. Uh, competition. You know, competition. Uh, you know, the Amazons are all there. They're watching. Uh, the floor of Islam. the Colosseuma. Colosseum. Colosseum. It's the Colosseum. I can't talk right today. I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, <laughs> it's very Italian. <laughs> Anyway, the the ground actually crumbles underneath them, and they drop into like this tunnel system. Okay. And even Diana is like, I've never seen this. Did they blow it I, up? I, I grew up searching every part of this island. I have never seen this. That makes sense. <laughs> they made sure that you knew. They grabbed you. They yes. shook you. They, yes. I have never seen this before. Oh my goodness! Part of the mascara that I've never and then, seen. And then we find out it's actually more of a tomb. Oh. The, the walls are built of skulls. Oh. So very catacomby. Which very I also French. thought was weird because if the walls were built with the skulls, the skulls right. do they don't they typically have them outright so you can see the faces? They, yeah. It's turned the other way. Interesting. I don't know what that has to do, if that has anything to do I with imagine it. the artist didn't want to draw all the teeth. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to know there's more behind it. Some kind of a, may, may I? A may I thumb through? Can I thumb through or, here? Or, yeah. Did they mention I, that the, 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 the skulls were turned for... They pointed out, they but didn't. she pulled it out and then looked at it. Yeah, I mean, you know... Right? Am I overthinking it? Maybe it's yeah. just not. Drawn. No, they're definitely they're definitely oh, no, not. No, that one's pulled. When you do a close up, that one's pulled this way. Maybe it doesn't matter. But you see here. They're very haphazardly. Close, yeah. There's no. There's no teeth. Okay. This is very. This is very French. Very catacomby. Very much what you know. Historical references. 
Um, but yeah, I, them all facing the wrong way, uh, I, I have so, a sneaking suspicion I know why. Or, 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 maybe it has more to do with the construction side of things. Um, they don't want it to look like a wall of, skulls. of dead people. Right. Um, so just to make things easier, they turned it around. Uh-huh. So visually it looked better, but they're using recycled materials. So they're cutting costs. So, so yeah, net, net carbon zero here. <laughs> Remember, everyone, you don't need to build a house. Just go rob a cemetery. Bones, yort, Bones. you're fine. Use the skin. If you don't want to look at the face, you, you, can, you, can, you can tan the skin. Uh, bring me his flesh leather. Uh, that's, a, that's a line from Rick and Morty. Uh, but... Okay, so how is the issue now that we've been dicks about the entire process? <laughs> well, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we we do get to learn a lot still. Um, and as they drop into the tunnels, uh, you know, they do find out uh, about uh, one particular creature that did get out. Uh, so they do have a little bit of a battle. Um, but in the meantime, but during that whole thing, Diana realizes, I know who's behind this. Oh. You want to know? Tell me. Chaos. Okay. <laughs> so. The god while, chaos? Like, I think so. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> since at the, on the other side... You know, everything drops. Mr. McZplex! And so you you just see how it's absolutely affecting every Amazon on this uh, island. They are having to, you know, definitely... They have, they, they've they already told the story about how they are kind of separated as to why they've become separated. Right. And why they still are separated. Uh, what they do and don't believe in equally. Uh, and this is just coming down to the point where they need to work together if they're going to get through this. They To protect every Amazon on this island, they need to work together. Uh, and you see it with you know the champions that are down below uh, fighting. They know they have to get together. Uh, even up on top, the Amazons that are up there that were just viewing, they're realizing that whatever it is that we were trying to find a champion to protect that door for is already fucking here. Yeah. <laughs> so can't really ignore it anymore. Uh, yes, we get it. We still need a champion, but we're all going to need to kind of like clean some shit up first. Right. And then we can worry about that. Clean up the house. Yeah. <laughs> Someone get the vacuum. Let's go. So, so I gotta ask then, Elle. Uh-huh. What's your pick of the week? Okay. Okay. All right. She's she's leaning. She's leaning. She's looking. She's going. She's finding. She's leaning over the cat. She's staring at a cover way too long. That wasn't the book that you were most interested in. Okay. Oh, for God's sake! All right, fine. Wonder Woman is your pick of the week. It should have been Rain number four the way it affected you, but you were going with Wonder Woman anyway. I really like this story. Okay, I well, that's fine. Well, going. you know what? That's fine. That's fine. I am, I have no, my opinion is not your opinion. Your opinion is your opinion, and you're most certainly allowed to have it. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Thank put that to the side. Put it, put it. Uh... We're going to need it later. Now, I had a very hearty, very, very hearty, uh, calendar of events <laughs> uh actually if you give me just a moment let me reorganize these and do this one and gotta do this one this one definitely goes first for sure all right that's another number one that's gonna go on top and let's see what we got here yep 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 yeah all right so there we go and and we're ready everybody here we go let's get the party started First, not my pick of the week, just because even though I love the series, it was a bit of a quiet first issue, and that's okay, because we're getting the party started. It's Kaiju Score Volume 2, Issue 1. What? He, he tore it. Yeah, that's what he does. Onyx is a terrible person. Steal from the Gods. 
So this picks up uh, just about right where it, issue five leaves off. Um, the team that Marco put together, of course, successfully raids that art uh, museum. It was actually a science museum. I think it was technically the South Florida Aquarium, which we've been to. I've been over that joke a hundred times. Coco, I'm going to need you to move along, buddy. I'm sorry, big friend, but you got you to move along. There we go. There you go. Um, and now instead of Marco being in charge, Michelle is in charge, and she is a much changed person. No longer is she just the sweet little kitty cat. She is leading her own team. The world of the, uh, th uh, the underground thieverizing has changed quite significantly. And she's been given an opportunity uh, by a rich benefactor that they want her to steal some very rare uh, one-of-a-kind items. And where they know these one-of-a-kind items to be is they're inside the belly of a kaiju, an ancient kaiju, that was at one point roughly the size of a mountain, which most kaijus, I guess, are. Uh, but this was during the times of the um, uh, conquistadors, so the 1600s, uh, and early, four no, I guess it would be more like the 1400s. It doesn't matter. So this kaiju shows up, eats a ship full of all of this rare conquistadorian gold, uh, Aztecian gold, and then like wanders off to Russia, gets into a fight, with another kaiju, and the two kaijus are locked in, like, battle. They fall through the earth. They get frozen in uh, this big chunk of Russia, and they've just sat there dormant for thousands of years, hundreds of years. Hmm. And this rich benefactor learned about them. The Russians have started ex excavating that area because they noticed there was some weird radiation. Uh, so they excavated that area, and they find these two gigantic kaiju sleeping in sort of this hibernative state. So they go to Michelle, they say, put your team together. Yes, put your team together and go steal gold from the belly of the beast of one of these kaijus. So the goal of this kaiju score is not just to lure a kaiju to sleep or anything like that, like the first kaiju score, but to go inside of a kaiju, walk down its belly, into its intestines and its stomach, and find this gold. Are they equipped to do that? No! I'm very excited to see how this all goes to shit. Because are they just going to cut up open? What's that? Are they, are they, just they can't, can't cut up. How are you you going to cut open a cat? No, you're going to walk down its throat. It's asleep. Just stay away from the stomach acids. How do you can't do that? Sure you can. Everywhere. Haven't you ever seen Anatomy Park, Lauren? It's dripping. Anatomy Park? Like you want to take the bone train? As long as there's no Pirates of the Pancreas. I'm, I'm very happy with Kaiju Score's return. I am elated. I know that Kaiju Score 1 is being optioned. Um, and uh, I do like the fact that they still go with the Kaiju Score uh, back cover from Aftershock Comics. Um, even though it's a Kaiju Score Volume 2, you can see Kaiju Score Volume 1 on the back. Um, this one, we get to see uh, the Promise Notebook that Michelle was writing to herself. And it's actually a recap of the first Kaiju Score all through here. You can see, like, uh, how she forms her team. Uh, there's actually a Kaiju score entry for April 28th, which clearly this was written specifically for me. Uh, we are well aware that James Patrick and I are buddies. Uh, and by buddies, I mean he follows me on Twitter. Um, so knowing it was my birthday was April 28th, he clearly put that in there specifically and only for me. Thank you, James. Very sweet of you. Obviously, I appreciate that. No questions. Moving on. Uh, we had another issue one this week that I was pretty interested in. Uh, this was actually supposed to be one of Elle's reviews, but uh, she, I, I don't know, didn't want it, and I was more than happy to pick it up. It's A Town Called Terror, and this is by Steve Niles, whom I like a lot, a very good horror writer. Um, it is a very quick first issue, and I mean, we move lightning fast. There's very little dialogue whatsoever. Um, we are immediately introduced to a torso that is literally just lying on a table, and then a person puts it together piece by piece, adds an arm, adds a leg, and finally adds a head. And when the torso's head is re-added, the torso says, you know, maybe next time put my head on first. <laughs> um, we find out that this is a city, a town, uh, where monsters live. Pardon me. So, um, I'm guessing the guy getting put back together is a Frankenstein, uh, I would suspect. 
or some sort of maybe doll master kind of thing. I, I'm not too sure. Uh, I didn't get. We didn't get a whole lot of information out of issue one. We get a lot of really beautiful images, a lot of really great dark drawings by uh, some Sismon. Uh, I like this a lot. I like that the population of Terror is 1,300. That's cute. Um, so I'm interested to see where this goes. But I will say this. As far as issue ones go, uh, and issue ones being quiet, Kaiju Score was quiet. This book didn't really make a peep. Like, it is very, very, very... And there you are. So I'm not, op I'm not opposed to very quiet issue ones. We've been over this... Again and again and again, we probably say it every week. Mm -hmm. Sometimes issue one is very quiet and issue two is very loud. Sometimes issue two is very loud and issue one is very quiet. A Town Called Terror was almost completely nonverbal. Like, it was damn near just script. And that's okay. I enjoyed it. But it does leave a lot to be, you know, like, what? So what, what's, what's going on? So it feels very reminiscent to, um, what was that show... That ha we watched it was on Hulu for two seasons and then they stopped it I guess or we never went back to it where it was all the Stephen King monsters all lived in one city together and it took place at like Shawshank Prison. I know what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. So I'm feeling very similar to that. There was that show that you used to, you used to watch. I think it was called like Once Upon a Time or something like that. Yeah. Where all like the fairy tale, um, like heroes and villains lived in a small town in Maine. So I'm getting lots of that kind of vibe. Like, imagine if there was a small town where all of, like, the universal monsters all lived. Hmm. And, and in that regard, it feels very akin to a lot of the other books that I'm reading right now, like West of Sundown, where all the universal monsters are apparently out in the Wild West in that, in that series. Uh, you know, DC versus Vampires. There's lots of books right now where we're really delving into, like, vampires, Frankensteins, mummies, and it, it's very cyclical in comics. This happens a lot. I'm sure in a couple of months we'll be talking again about, you know, giant mechs fighting kaijus. In fact, I actually know this to be true, mm -hmm. because coming up very soon in DC Comics is going to be a book called, I think it's called DC Mechs. And the, the cover of the first issue is Superman standing on top of a giant Superman mech. I don't want nothing to do with that. <laughs> that better be a joke. Yeah, it's cover. No. Mm. Moving on. Nocturna issue nine. Noctera, pardon me, issue nine. Um, we're moving, folks. Remember how I told you we hit the gas real hard in the last issue, and how uh, Blacktop Bill is going to be part of the team now. Um, we see uh, an interesting sort of. It, it, it's a very action-packed issue, but it's also very dialogue-heavy. Where Bill and um, the uh, who? What is her name? Uh, Bill and the daughter of the mad scientist who uh, whose brother he's Gus. So Gus's granddaughter, whose name suddenly slips my mind, is on the road with Val and with M and everyone, and they're trying to get to uh, EOS where they can input this code into a big computer and stop the big PM and bring the light back to Earth. But in this issue, we get a really great sort of tete-a-tete -tete between Blacktop Bill and this young girl, where the young girl still believes that there's hope and that there's light and, you know, and that they can make the world a better place. And Bill who is a, a noted sociopath and serial killer of serial killers, hitman of hitmen, one of the worst evildoers to ever walk the face of the earth, sort of breaks it down for her and says, listen, you don't want the world to come back. Because the world that comes back, if it comes back, it's going to be run by the same people who destroyed it and made the big PM in the first place. So I know you think you're trying to do something heroic here and you're trying to do something you know, grandiose and beautiful, but do you really want to put those people back in power again? No one does. So maybe the big PM is better. Maybe, you know, having these giant shades everywhere, killing everyone, is better. And you don't really want to listen to Bill, because Bill's a psychotic murderer. But he's making a really good point. If they are able to save the world, what are they going back to? What is it that we're going... Imagine, if you will, that we live in 2022. Tomorrow morning, the sun blips out of the sky. It's just gone. And we are stuck in a new world where there's no sun. And for whatever reason, even though without the sun, the earth doesn't cool off, we don't all die, we have to learn how to live there, right? Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Oh my god. Get off the comic book. Oh god, it's not worth a million dollars anymore. Anyway, what if... So we're living in this weird world where there's, there's no sun, there's no, there's no hope, whatever. And what if we're able to rescue everyone and change it all back? Well... Mark Zuckerberg would still have $20 billion, and, and Elon Musk would still be trying to threaten to buy Twitter because he's mad about something, right? Mm -hmm. 
And that's sort of what Bill is getting at. Is like, just because you saved the world, did you change anything? Did you do anything worth noting? Is it worth saving? Question. I mean, does he? Do they make a choice? Not, no, 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 no. Because because Team Sundog, that's that's our main heroes, and you know, trying to rescue everybody. They still want to go save the world. They want to bring the light back. They want to end the shades. But Bill makes a pretty good point. Like, okay, so let's say you end the shades. Then what? Well, that's what I was wondering. Like, did they make a decision to change their minds? No, the issue ends with Bill um, saving this young girl from a shade attack because. He owed her one because she sh- saved him. Uh, and it's very... You're starting to learn a lot more about Bill. And as is the case with every comic and every book, somehow, someway, the villain just sort of becomes your favorite character. And, I mean, he's drawn so damn cool to begin with. You know, just so you, all you see is just his teeth. And he's always gritting that, that toothy grin of his. It's very Joker. <laughs> I love it. All right. Interested to see where that goes on. Let's move on to... You know what? I'm going to break it up just a little bit. We here at The Read Pile have three particular creators that we read one of their books of at least every single week. It started off as a joke, but now it's actually just become the reality. And those creators are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. This week on The Read Pile, I have Colin Bunn's The Last Book You'll Ever Read, issue 7 of 8. Ding. This is the Pentultimate issue, and there's a lot of Pentultimate issues on our piles. Um, a lot of what I've been hinting at and guessing at is, in fact, what's happening here. There's a discussion in the book about um, Olivia is mentioning how you know she didn't intend the book to be written the way it did, and then uh, Connor reminds her that it doesn't matter what you think people are going to read the book. People are going to interpret whatever you're reading the way they want to, which is exactly what I said was this book was about. Do you not remember me saying those exact words? So I'd like to thank Colin Bunn for doing an obvious rewrite of his script to include my specific words in here. That is very clearly what happened. Very obviously this was done specifically for me. And I thank you, Colin Bunn. That must have been very difficult to go back to Vault Comics and say, I need to rewrite this to put Rick Sussman's own words in here. Obviously, that's what really happened. Wow. Um, I do like the idea of uh, Connor sort of losing his mind uh, as he gets further and further into the wilding. Um, I like the idea of the wilding being less and less. Like, we get this really brutal few pages where he, like, hulks out and murders everybody, but it's all in his mind. It's all, all of this is in his mind. So now you start to wonder, are the wildings, the people who are, you know, going nuts, killing each other, you know, screwing everywhere, ripping each other apart, is this really because they're reading a book, or is it just because that's all they needed as the backdrop to finally drop the mask and go back to living a hedonistic, you know, satanic lifestyle, what we would call a satanic lifestyle, where you just, you just don't care anymore. Like, Every one of us wears a mask. Some of us who are a little bit more autistic than others uh, wear real... We do masking all day long where we are desperate to make people realize that we're very normal. So we try and be as very normal as possible. But everyone is so desperate to get home and drop the mask and just sit on your couch or play video games or not say a word for three days. Whatever it is that allows you to go back to what you actually want, right? Like, there's part of El Lestrange that you don't like to admit this, but maybe you just want to sit in your bed and stare at your ceiling for six hours. Maybe that's just something you want to do. Or, you know, me on the other hand, I'm really into jujitsu right now because I hyperfixate on everything. So I hyperfixate on comic books. I hyperfixate on cats. I hyperfixate on working out. What do I really want, though? Hmm. I don't know. And that's sort of what I'm getting from the idea of the last book you'll ever read is, does this, is this really what's happening? Are people really losing their minds? Or are they using the excuse that a bunch of people went nuts, now we all can go nuts, now we don't have to abide by any rules or laws? Hmm. And how many issues are left? One more issue. Just one. To be concluded. Wow. A very, very exciting issue 7 of 8. As opposed to, you know, Rain issue 4 of 5, which was... No, it, you, they basically, my concern with Rain is that what they, is issue they, five answered, yeah. they answered everything. Right. But. I understand. Yeah. I understand. So is that kind of like how you feel? Like, they, like, 
so much is answered already? No, I feel like there's plenty more to go in last book you'll ever read. Okay. There, there, but I also feel like we've gotten all the answers we're going to get, and that's perfectly okay. I don't need more answers. Um, I, I, they told us that the book was written through Olivia, right? Mm-hmm. She didn't actually write it herself. It was, it was given to her by some. It's an ancient text, and she even admits that that she was like, I was so, you know, I was so. Uh, um, I can't think of the word. But she's like, how could I have written something this powerful? I'm just some schmuck. And I'm like, ah, I get it. I get that. I understand that. Like, of course she wouldn't think that. You know, she wants she wants to believe that she means so much more. We all want to believe that we mean so much more. Hmm. Not quite my pick of the week, but that's because my pick of the week made me very um, emotions. We'll get there. Another penultimate issue, and also issue seven is The Human Remains, issue 7 of, I believe, 8. I think it says to be concluded at the end here. Let me double check. Uh, It doesn't even give me a to be concluded. I believe it's just 7 of 8. I don't know why I came to that, but um, issue 7 of 8, we finally absolutely get confirmation 100% that this book was being written in response to coronavirus. We had mentioned it from issue 1 that it felt like it was being responded to by coronavirus, but they say it very literally in here. And I'm going to quote, she hears now that the monster plague, that's what they're calling it now. So they actually refer to all these creatures showing up and killing people who are hyper-emotional as the monster plague. And I think that that's as big as a red button as we're ever going to get on these issues. We also find out that an epidemiologist, our our hero, if you will, if there is one for the series, uh, went up to that commune, ate some crazy psychedelic mushrooms, and then was able to sort of calm and pacify one of these giant monsters into remission and push them away. She brings her findings back to her friends. She says, look, everybody, I have a cure. You All we got to do is eat these mushrooms and we'll be fine. And just we just got to eat these mushrooms. And everyone's like, oh, so your cure is to make everybody high? That's your cure? And she's like, no, they're not psychedelic. They just connect me at a, at a microscopic level. I'm able to feel what these creatures... And they're like, mm, no, we're not going to do that. And then the military comes in and immediately wipes away her progress. And it's just... Tell me that doesn't sound like the society that we live in right now. It does. Where there's a group of people who simply don't want the monsters to go away. Because it's beneficial for them to exist. I love human remains. We also find out why it's called human remains. They give us, they give us the, don't say the name of the show, moment in this book. The human remains are literally just what's left over after the monsters vivisect the people into literally globs. They even go to, we even see a funeral where they're burying some human remains. And the guy's like, it's not even, we're not even burying my daughter, we're burying a rug that had some of her blood on it. And somebody like gets really emotional and they say, she didn't even like that rug. And then the monster shows up and murders everybody. <laughs> Because they got emotional. <laughs> I've been I've been loving Human Remains. I don't think it's going to be a book that gets enough credit. I think it's going to be a book that when people are going to go back and they're going to find it on their shelves and they're going to read it and they're going to remember what it was like to live through the COVID era of our lives, which is now what year three or year four? It was 2019 was when they found it. Stop. So the world stopped in 2020. It's 2022 now. It's April 2022. We're still dealing with an uprising of coronavirus cases. So it's probably going to be another year or two of this insanity before enough people are dead or inoculated and we can finally go back to not having to wear masks everywhere. I'm going to give you a heads up. I don't know about L personally, but if I go to a large complex, I'm wearing a mask. Just, I don't want to get sick anymore. I'm tired of it. Human remains. We here at the Read Pile have three particular creators that we tend to read a issue of theirs once every single week. Ahem. Ahem. Um, okay. This started off as a joke, but has now become a regular occurring event. And those creators are Colin Bunn, Tom King, and Tom Taylor. And I have Tom Taylor, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 10. Um, this is a much more Lois, uh, Lois Lane issue, uh, where <coughs> Lois finally... <coughs> excuse me. I have some of your water. Thank you. Where Lois um, actually like reminds everybody that she's a badass too. Lex Luthor is giving a speech where he's basically calling Superman a murderer 
And uh, there's a really funny story in here with uh, uh, Nightwing and Babs make a cameo. And Nightwing has to explain to John that, yeah, so you've reached the part of your superhero life where you're being framed for murder. It's kind of a rite of passage for everybody. And that's why I love Tom Taylor. Is he doesn't shy away from those obvious little quirks and quips about being a superhero. He incorporates them into his comics very well. And Lois confronts Lex on stage. And she says, listen here, Lex Luthor. You're talking shit about my son. <clears throat> well, I'm going to come on stage and I'm going to join you. And I'm going to ask you a simple question. With this particular rope of gold. Ah. And she's like, come on, Lex. Touch the, touch the rope and tell me the truth. And Lex basically looks at the situation and goes, well, this is not going to work out for me. Onyx, get off the table! Onyx is on the table. If he stops the recording, I'm going to be so mad. Anyway. But he, he go, she goes to Lex and she's like, all right. Why don't you, uh, you know, why don't you put your money where your mouth is, Lex? And uh, Lex gets his hired goons to show up, and then <laughs> Lois tells the hired goons, "You're really not going to want to grab my arm like that, son," uh, because her her actual child, uh, Superman, shows up and basically puts the kibosh on the situation. That's a pretty cool part of the book. What happens next is even cooler. Um, we get to see that. John Kent does have one sort of thing that he's kind of scared of, and he's scared of coming out to his mom. Because we know that John is bisexual, we know that he's in a relationship with this other young man. Um, Onyx, come on, bud. I know. Um, but he goes, and uh, Lois sees him holding the hand of this other person, and she asks John if she could see him alone for a minute because she needs to talk to him about what she's seen. And she immediately embraces him and lets her son know that she's proud of him and she's happy for him to, you know, be happy. And she's kind of always known as she's his mother and she's pretty intuitive. And then she goes, yeah, well, you used to think that dad was two different people for a long time too, you know, mom. And she goes, yeah, and since then I've won a lot of Pulitzers. And I thought that that was pretty cute too. But we also get a very interesting cameo of Batman, which is going to lead into our next story. And Batman has some bad news uh, that he needs to share with uh, John and Lois. I'm interested to see where this is going. I'm very excited by this book. That particular issue was not my pick of the week, but don't worry. We're getting there soon. First, though, we need to talk about a book that is just too much goddamn fun, and that is Suicide Squad Blaze. This is from the Black Label. Now, as people may know, I am a big Suicide Squad fan because in the Suicide Squad, when it's written the way I like it, Anyone can get it, anyone can die, anything goes, and that is what's happening here in the Suicide Squad. If you need to be reminded, there is some weird dude out there, some random schmuck who has the power of a god, uh, and by god I mean more powerful than maybe even Superman, and he's just some random dude. He's not anybody in particular, he's never shown up before, but he's going around the world, he's killing people because he can, and then he's eating them because he can. He can. So Superman finds out who this guy is, and he goes in to uh, find his cave, and he attacks him, and uh, yeah, it doesn't go well for Superman. Uh, and this issue, remember, it's Black Label, so things can happen at a moment's notice. Superman gets his spine ripped out. Wow. Yeah. Just de-spined him. De-spined him like a shrimp. Just pulled the spine clean out of his body. There you, there you see. There you see Big Blue now. Not looking so great. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, he's in bad shape. We also find out about what the blaze is. It's actually this like parasitic organism that survives in the in a body of a human host, and that's why it burns out the human hosts so significantly and so reticently, because humans are not capable of handling the, the, the metabolism of it. So this random guy, who is handling it, you know, he's got the power of a god. Mm -hmm. How come he can handle it? And we sort of find out that yeah, he might not be human. And they're like, oh, man, so it's like a Kryptonian? Because uh, he beat the shit out of Superman. He fucking killed Superman, right? And they're like, no, it's not a Kryptonian. But Waller knows more than she's letting on because, of course, she does. She's Amanda Waller. That's what she does. So she's not telling them why. But we do get another death. We actually get to see the Blaze pass over and is now part of King Shark. So King Shark is one of the Blaze now. Huh. Uh, and King Shark has this great moment. So, by the way, Cy Spurrier, Simon Spurrier is going gangbusters on this book. It is hilarious. And 
what they're trying to say is King Shark, you know, he's he's trying to say, like, listen, this sounds like some kind of weird code word involving me. It's not right to fuck with me like this. That's specious, man. I'm a complex emotional being, and I don't appreciate at all the shit about not evolving in millions of years. That's a total myth. And wait a minute. I'm blood. Blood. I'm a shark. 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 And he bites the guy's head off. And Very nice. King Shark is a shark. That's that's Gail Simone's version of King Shark. So that is a very loving tribute to Gail Simone's King Shark from from her Suicide Squad and, and all of her various incarnations with King Shark. King Shark is a shark. Suicide Squad Blaze also has a lot of murder in it. A lot of your favorite Suicide Squad characters gone dead in the most acrimonious of ways and horrible of fashions. I am here for it. I think issue three. I think it's three of three. I think that's it. So the next issue should be the last issue. I think, and I'm fine. A lot of these oversized black label books have been three or four issues. This is just this is just fun. Yeah. I would not recommend it as my pick of the week, only because it's very 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 kitsch. Like it is it is very niche, and maybe that's mean of me to say that, but I love it. I adore it. This is my book. I would never recommend it for L though. She'd be mad about it. So we do have okay. a pick. We do have a pick of the week. Just pick up the pick. Blah 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 blah. Tom Taylor. I don't even have a review. I just I. Seven Secrets issue sixteen. Um, very good issue. Mm-hmm. Red reads beautifully you learn big things the continued tradition of sort of incorporating uh, manga-esque anime-esque styles continues we get a reveal of our official big bad um and then something happens and uh as you can see on the cover there's a death uh and uh to quote tom taylor Mm -hmm. yes we did just do that and they do just do that and it's so emotional and so final and so um, you just you just you just sit there and you just go right right yeah no well, that's what would happen. It's one of those books where after you read it you're just numb. And this is the Tom Taylor I know and love. This is the guy who makes every moment of my life a living hell, and I thank him for it. Well, he always told you. I know! From day one, we knew this was going to happen. I'm not going to say who, because it's the name of the issue, and if you've been reading since day one, you've been reading since day one. But, it was going to happen. It doesn't make it any less painful. Remember Dark Ages, and I'm like, oh, a happy ending. Fuck this! How dare you, Tom Taylor? How dare you? Oh, he came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, he heard me. He heard me. And he's like, oh, oh, you, you want to be sad? You want to be heartbroken? You want to have your lungs rended from your chest? I got you, fam. I got you. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what the next issue is, but this was, su- this was the ultimate gut punch. And the thing about the ultimate gut punch more than anything was, like you said, he told you from the beginning, this is what's happening. Tom King has told you from the beginning of Batman Catwoman, Batman's gonna die. You just never expect it anyway? I don't know. Anyway, that concludes this week's episode of The Read Pile from our reviews. Mm-hmm. My rev- uh, pick of the week, of course, would be Seven Secrets number 16. Uh, you guys are jerks. Can I have issue 17 down? Please. And, of course, Wonder Woman number 786 uh, is L's pick of the week. I'm sad now. I'm sad having to relive this. It made me sad. Um, please make sure to tune in next week for more uh, fantabulous episodes of The Read Pile. And then the week after that, we're never doing The Read Pile again because I'm going to have an existential crisis of which I will never come or return from again. So tune in last next week for the very last episode of The Read Pile. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. It's not Oh, God. He's just going to be dead inside. Oh, I don't want this. I never asked for this. Oh, God. 
Uh, before we go, we always want to say thank you to all of our friends. Of course, our wonderful friends over at the Space Bastards, our buddies at Bountiful Garden, Haven for Heroes, EricPalicki.com, IndieCast, Mad Cave Comics, Daft Sports, AJ Schumacher, BG Comics, Clerk and Bo, all of our buddies over at the WNRN. Thank you so much for watching. We will be back next week with more comics, more nerd stuff, and more frivo frivolity? Fri frivolity? Comedy. In the meantime, make sure you venture over to Elle's blog over on Instagram, So You Have a Chronic Illness, where she documents and chronicles her life dealing with multiple sclerosis and being a medical marijuana advocate. Uh, it is an opportunity for you to learn more about what it's like to uh, be a person with a chronic illness. Uh, and as we progress further into the world, more people are coming forward and, and mentioning that, yeah, you know, they too have chronic illnesses because a lot of chronic illnesses have been undocumented for so long. And people like Elle are sharing their story and making things a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, uh, available to the world, I would say. Yeah. All right. Uh, until next week, is there anything else you wanted to add, Elle Strange? I think I'm good. All right. Until next week. I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman, as always, for the original Angry Nerd Girl, Elle Lestrange. This is Coco's Tale. He's been here the whole time. And we will talk to you guys next week. Until then, say goodbye, Elle. Goodbye, Elle. All right, and that's, and that's Twitter. That's Twitter done. Twitter is done. And now, and now, say goodbye to the YouTube, Elle. Bye. Uh, bye. Say, say goodbye, Elle. Bye, Elle. All right, and that's YouTube done. Oh, God. Oh, the standing up and walking over to the computer is the hardest part. And let's say goodbye to our audio-only L.